Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bennett. I'm the host of the podcast as well as manager of BT Powerhouse. We are continuing on with our season preview series. We've hit on a few teams in the Big Ten, and we're continuing over uh, by Chicago to hit on Northwestern tonight. It It's an interesting time uh, for the Wildcats. Uh, things aren't necessarily going the best, so to speak. Um, definitely last year, but um, we do have Daniel to, to help us break down the Wildcats tonight. Um, Daniel, can you just tell people a little bit about yourself and where they can check out your stuff? Yeah, thanks for the introduction, Thomas. And interesting is definitely a word that's used to describe the <laughs> Northwestern men's basketball program on many occasions. Uh, um, yeah, my name is Daniel Olinger. I am a sophomore at Northwestern University. Uh, unfortunately, because of the coronavirus pandemic, I'm st- back home in Philly right now. Uh, okay. Only upperclassmen on campus, but still been locked into basketball season. Just published an article today for the website I write for Inside and You, Northwestern's official SB Nation blog. Uh, broke down some things I had wa- seen in some games earlier this season. I also write for Liberty Ballers, the Philadelphia 76ers SB Nation blog, and do a podcast for them on their podcast network. And I've actually a little project some of my fr- me and my friends have done w- called Eight in the Box Productions. We have accounts on Instagram and YouTube. I make some NBA videos there from time to time. Uh, I'm a busy guy the last few weeks. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. A lot going on here with the NBA, a lot going on with college basketball. We're now a month and a half out from the scheduled start. I mean, assuming everything holds holds <laughs> up here for November 25th, we're all hoping for the best, and we do get a college basketball season. And let, let's start with that. You know, this is a off-season unlike any other in college basketball. However, Northwestern, it – it, it's technically a normal off season, uh, not from a recruiting sense or anything like that, but unlike a lot of the teams in the Big Ten, Northwestern didn't have a shortened season. They got to conclude no, it, their season. <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, they, they end up losing to Minnesota in the Big Ten tournament. They certainly would not have gotten a postseason bid um, to the NCAA tournament or the NIT. They finished their overall records 8-23. and 23. So again, mm. A, a tough year for Chris Collins and company. What's the mindset uh, for Northwestern fans, and and what's your perspective on on where things sit for the program moving into the season? Yeah, interestingly enough, I was actually there in the building that last night of the season. Uh, oh, wow! In Indianapolis, when I think close, and one of the most surreal nights ever is as sitting in the media room at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. You get all the news updates that Rudy Gobert's tested positive, and basically everything's being shut down. But, uh, yeah, I mean, okay, so the morale dipped definitely last year. Like, mm-hmm. after after there was this probably this big honeymoon phase of Chris Collins where got them to the tournament, it's all Northwestern men's basketball fans ever wanted was that <laughs> shot in the tournament. And they did it. But then the team kind of plateaued from there, mm-hmm. despite returning most of their talent the next year, were worse, then got worse the next year. Last year was an incredibly young team, so it was kind of expected that they would struggle. The most frustrating thing about last year is they had leads in a lot of games. Like I was watching a game the other day where they were at Indiana and they had a fifty to forty lead with like under ten minutes left, then went seven minutes straight without scoring and blew the game down the stretch. Or their home game against Purdue, like a seven point lead, two and a half minutes left, they end up losing. Like 
there were these yeah. constant it was just these constant things throughout the season where there definitely wasn't like I mean obviously a school like Northwestern in a conference like the Big Ten the talent level is it's an uphill battle for them but yeah. you watch their games and it was like yeah they might not be as talented but it's not like a huge gap like Chris Collins mm-hmm. has recruited pretty well Pete Nance is like I mean just look at Pete Nance's family history you know he has some talent Miller Cop is a lights out shooter um Robbie Barron, the freshman, was a pretty high recruit. He played okay at times last year. So they, they had some talent. It was just all these, like, collapses. Uh, I think a big part of it was guard play. Like, bless Pat Spencer. He was very fun to watch at times. Not a very good guard, honestly. Like, he, there were too many times it was just Pat Spencer decided, I this, now is the time for a 12-foot fadeaway <laughs> post-up. And he just was not very good at that. Uh, and he would also – he against better teams that could double team and force them into turnovers. Definitely an incredible athlete, like really like surprising just how great his like vertical burst is, but mm-hmm. uh, just not a, like it's impressive that he didn't completely suck for a guy who hadn't played college basketball for four, had yes. never played college basketball before and was four years removed from like real basketball. But mm-hmm. that's a kind of where you need, that's all you need to know really about Northwestern's basketball team is that, they were relying on a point guard who hadn't played basketball in four years. So <laughs> it, it's kind of like that, although, but you know, I, I think that, so the fan base is definitely starting to get a little more, um, let's say uh, aggravated with Chris Collins and the lack of progress off of that first tournament appearance. There was definitely, oh. no, there were some people who were like, Oh, fire Chris Collins. They're not going to fire him unless it keeps getting worse. Like it, yeah. like I would say, say maybe four straight four more straight losing seasons without close to a tournament bid or three. Wow, I don't I don't know great. what a specific I don't know a specific number, honestly. I'm just like this is purely yeah. just off the top of my head. Just it would have to be like it gets to the point where it's like seven straight years you've lost you've gone like ten and twenty or some variation <laughs> of that. And the fans are like, okay, this is clearly just not getting better because he's still recruiting well. It's still it's hard to get rid of the guy who did something that no one else at the school could ever do. Yeah. So that's part of it. I, I think there's some hope coming in this year that they have to be a little bit better considering they're basically returning, returning everyone except Pat Spencer, who, like we said, loved the guy, really not a D one big 10 player mm-hmm. and AJ Turner, who again, AJ Turner, by all counts, a pretty good guy. He also started off the year four for 28 from three and couldn't really dribble that well. So, you know, those were the seniors on the team. Uh, They're also losing Jared Jones, who was a freshman center for them this last year, who had his moments. He's, like, decently athletic, could shoot a little bit. But ultimately, like, I think there's a good reason he transferred. He was not getting as much playing time as Ryan Young, who performed better for the team. But And they're bringing in uh, two freshmen, Ty Berry and Matt Nicholson. Ty Berry is probably the more interesting one because just he's a guard and – that's the biggest need for this team. They have some height, they have some forwards, they have centers, they just, but they could really use a, a good lead ball handler to kind of run the offense through to get things going. So kind of the hope is maybe he could help out with that. So it's the, I think it's higher. The morale is higher than it was coming into last season, but like that means like, instead of expecting to finish 13th or 14th, we're hoping for like 10th or 9th. <laughs> well said, well said. And you're, you're jumping into a couple of topics I, I planned on uh, hitting on a couple <laughs> of, uh, a little bit later, so you're ahead of the game. 
Um, <laughs> my perspective, the big, the big thought I had, you know, when I started working on my preview for Northwestern was just, I can't believe we're already entering year eight with Chris Collins as a head coach. It seems like he was just hired a couple of years back. They go on the crazy run where it seems like, you know, they're getting so close, so close, and they finally break through. They finally make the tournament. And suddenly, you know, it's been a couple of years removed. As you mentioned, it, it's sort of been like a roller coaster that built all the way up. And now it's almost coming down. Um, and waiting for I, I, waiting for that second, like, smaller, like, jump to come. Yeah, yeah the, the second <laughs> small hill, you know, the, the upside down flip or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, – that was my my first big thought. I'm like, wow, you know, it's been a while. But I, I agree with with a lot of your thoughts as far as they have some Big Ten players. Pete Nance was recruited by a lot of Big Ten schools. Um, they got some guys up front that are more than capable of maintaining in Big Ten play. And to me, last season was a disappointment. As you mentioned, the backcourt really underwhelmed uh last season and ultimately college basketball a lot of it's going to come down to how good are your guards uh for better or worse and it's it's not it's not good when your your backcourt's biggest weakness was ball handling (laughs) that might be a problem and that that um from a positive perspective as you mentioned i think this team is going to be more experienced and more talented than last year's group first off and secondly i don't think last year was quite as bad as, as people think, and I'm sure Northwestern fans, when you lose 23 games in a season, it's going to be rough, uh, especially when you lose a lot of the games like you mentioned in the la- last minute or two. But Northwestern comes in at 132nd on Ken Palm, which not the, not the best. You're not going to a Final Four or something like that, but they're a long ways above some of those bottom years. Um, you know, Rutgers a couple of years ago, which was just the bottom of the barrel in the Power Five. They're a long ways above that. And the big problem was the Big Ten was just so deep and so loaded where it was just like if you were, you know, a notch below, you were going to just get pounded on by so many teams. And unfortunately, North for Northwestern and Nebraska, they were the teams last year that just had to take a whipping from uh, what was a historically deep Big Ten. So um, that, I think, is the positive perspective. Unfortunately, the Big Ten could also be loaded again this year, so they'll have to. I'm sensing, I'm sensing a trend here, Thomas, with this conference. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it, it seems to be uh, pretty good, um, but we'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. You know, this is a season where things should be better from a play to play perspective, and the question is, you know, how many wins do, does it translate into? In what could be a shortened season? In what could be a season where, I mean. 80 90 percent of it is conference play we're we're not really sure at this time we don't have a schedule Mm -hmm. as we're recording the podcast but we'll see um but jumping into that you know into the actual team itself you hit on a a a couple notes um as far as you know the guys coming in the guys leaving uh from fans who, who may not follow as closely as yourself who are the big guys they should know that are going out the door uh and who are the big guys they should know that are coming in well, I, I mean, I already listed off who's going yeah. out. And like we said, uh, again, nothing against any of those guys personally. Um, like, I don't I don't know any of them. They all, by all accounts, like, seem like pretty pleasant guys, but not exactly, like, huge contributors. Uh, mm-hmm. The best player on Northwestern this last year, who he's going to be a junior this year, was Miller Cop, who just – I mean, it's just the basic thing in basketball is that if you can shoot off movement as well as he can – 
you're going to have a lot of value. He shot 39.6% from three this past year on 5.1 attempts per game from behind the line. That's pretty good for a college shooter. And he took a lot of tough looks. Uh, interesting thing about Miller, though, is, like, again, see, that's the thing. Like, Miller's, like, a really good player, but you would like a guy who's pretty much just a shooter to be more than your best player. You would probably want him to be, like, your third best player. And, like, yeah. I, I wrote about it today. Miller, like, can't dribble with his left hand. This is actually something people might not know. He... <laughs> Every time he tries to go left, he, like, loses the ball or stumbles. He always positions his body so his left foot is, like, above his right on the court. So he can do, like, I don't know if you've watched the NBA a lot. He's, like, J.J. Reddick coming off those pin downs, but that's all he does, like, all the time. He just always wants to be running like that. And But, yeah, Miller's still – but still, like, if you shoot it as well as he does, you're going to have a lot of value. Uh, Pete Nance we talked about. Pete was very up and down. I was really high on him coming into last season. Mm. When it's 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 like a basic thing. When it's on, it's really good. Like he can hit a few shots. He's pretty athletic. He's got really good length, pretty good instincts. He can get a little too ambitious, like tried some really bad like fadeaways off of post-ups or like whenever he tries a pull-up jumper, it's just gonna hit off the side of the backboard. Like he just cannot make that shot. Um the other, as, a few, as far as other guys who are going to be major contributors go, uh, Anthony Gaines, who was a starter for this team, expected to be like one of the leaders as a junior last year, got injured against Michigan State, I believe it was, 10 games into the season. And basically from there, their defense suffered a little bit. He's, he's just by far their most athletic player, really. Just a good combination of length, strength, and some burst. Uh, they like to run him off this Iverson cut to try and get him looks at the rim because he's... I mean, he's just, he's their best athlete. So that kind of helps their def- uh, I think per Bartorovic had that website had that um, Northwestern's like defensive efficiency dropped by decent margin. Once he left, of course, that has a lot to do with mm-hmm. when he got hurt because they started playing more big 10 competition, but <laughs> sure. still like they stopped, like they like to do this two, three zone gains and Spencer at the top. Cause they were their best athletes and kind of the wings push up that, you will see Northwestern throw out some zones. They like to go to that a lot. Uh, honestly, probably one of the reasons they want to hide a guy like Miller Cop, who's not a great athlete, but they also have some, like it's a combination of they're really tall, so they can get out on some shooters and like kind of be in passing lanes with all their length. But mm-hmm. they're maybe not the quickest team, so they have trouble keeping like drivers in front of them if it was just man-to-man. Probably the best guy at that would be Anthony Gaines. But, but um, yeah, so those are some of the big names. Um, one last guy, uh, Ryan Young, who, like, Ryan Young's something I think just you should appreciate if you're an old school basketball fan because his kind of player, his kind of, that kind of player is kind of going out of style and for good reason. Like, there's there's decent reasons why you shouldn't be posting up that much in basketball. I mean, it's more in the NBA than in college basketball, but still, yeah. like, he's a mainly a post-up guy and just a solid center. But he... He does his job really well, rebounds rebounds well, generally in the right places at the right time, has a decent touch. Uh, was like, I remember their game against Iowa. He was the only one who could bang with Luca Garza. Once he got into foul trouble, like they were just destroyed by him in the second half. Yeah. They had no one who could compete with him <laughs> inside. So, I mean, he's obviously important to their team. But yeah, it's a lot of the, that's the thing is, a lot of the guys who were the important guys last year are going to be again the important guys this year because mm-hmm. a very it was a very young team. They're just 
that's just who they were, and they're going to be most of the same guys back. Yeah, I mean, not much I can disagree with as far as that. I think um, you mentioned, I mean, from an on-court contribution perspective, Spencer's probably the biggest loss, but uh, he's a limited player. So, I mean, I never want to say losing a player makes you better, um, Mm. but I think there's more upside with with the guys they're going to have this year um, in the backcourt there. And then – the recruiting class. What What do you think? I know you mentioned Barry. Um, any of these guys that you think are going to be able to to make an impact as freshmen, or or will it take a couple of years? I mean, I'll be honest with you, Thomas. I haven't dug in a ton to like Ty Barry or Matt Nicholson film, so I can't mm-hmm. really say for sure how good they are. They're, I know they're both about three star recruits, pretty decent players. Barry gets yeah. talked about more just because of like the positional, like what position he's in and how it's going to affect affect the team what kind of role he might serve um i mean i guess just off off like what i'm thinking here um i feel like barry will definitely get more of a chance just because the lack of guard play like it's basically like can he be better than boo booey who was the freshman guard Mm -hmm. for northwestern this last year again very up and down player when it was clicking he was making shots he could get to the rim a little and had some creative finishes like probably their best just pure ball handler on the team But when it was bad, he was missing shots and getting killed on defense. So, you know, it's it's a slippery slope. And I I mean, if Ty Berry can if he if he can do better than that, then he'll probably get a ton of minutes. Uh, As for Nicholson, it's going to be hard to break into this rotation, probably unless like some of the older guys do worse than they did last year, which. Really hoping they don't do worse than they did last year. But I mean, there's it's just there's. Uh oh, I I think we might have lost Daniel. Um, unfortunately, uh, yeah. So I mean, I'll I'll just continue on here. Um, hopefully, hopefully he'll he'll be back here in a, a minute. Um, as far as recruits, I I'm of the belief that I think uh, Barry is going. Oh, Daniel, you back? You dropped out there for a minute. <laughs> Yeah, something my computer like overloaded or something. I have no idea what happened. Oh shoot! Yeah, I I was just talking as far as the recruits. I I think Barry's going to get some time, and mainly it just because of the positional perspective. Um, at, at least off the bench, so that he's going to have a chance to play a lot. And as you mentioned, you know, if he can if he can outplay Bowie, he'll he'll get some serious minutes. Um, Nicholson <laughs> probably going to be more of the wait and see approach. Um. The playing time might be a little weird this year if college basketball does get some sort of red shirt rule where mm. people can kind of waive the season. Maybe he could come in the last few games if he, if yeah. he develops. Um, but again, nobody can predict that at this point. But I would say under normal circumstances, he, they're probably going to red shirt him or just put him in the <laughs> the tank for a year. I, I would say that I, I do remember Chris Collins played like it was based on the team they had having such a young team of guys with inexperience, but they played about 10 guys per game, at least at the start of the year. So mm-hmm. it was a pretty deep rotation. So maybe that like could indicate that if, you know, if Barry and Nicholson are good, he's going to get them in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would think Barry at least would get some, some time just because yeah. it doesn't seem like there's a ton of depth proven depth there. Um, so that you're correct. It, Give your freshman a shot and and see what happens. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But 
I, I agree. I think the big takeaway is the main guys last year are going to be the main guys this year. And you're hoping for development. You're hoping for um, improvements. And we'll we'll see from there. But on that note, um, as far as the team is concerned, um, what what are you most excited about coming into this season? And conversely, what are you most concerned about for the Wildcats? Jeez, I hadn't thought about like what was I was most excited about. Um, <laughs> I guess probably because I'm a huge just basketball X's and O's nerd. Like how good they can get that zone defense going, which sounds is a very sounds like a very lame answer, but <laughs> just because I feel like because they've under Chris Collins they've consistently been a pretty good defensive team. Their offense can be really bad, but usually Collins like has them as a pretty acceptable defense mm-hmm. and. Just the amount of length and they're going to have in lengths like Ryan Young is 6'10, Pete Nance is 6'10, Robbie Barron is 6'9, Miller Cop is 6'7, Anthony Gaines is 6'5, but has a crazy wingspan. Uh, they just have, there's a lot of length and some guys who can really get disruptive out there. I want to see like how much they're going to lean on that. Can they get it to the point where they need to be a really good defense if they want to make improvements this year? Because like the defense needs to jump from just if they really want to be a good team this year, it would the defense would need to jump from pretty good to like near the top of the conference good, or at least like I, I don't know, top five might be an acceptable level out of fourteen teams. Mm-hmm. Whereas the de- the offense just needs to go from unacceptable to like just bad. <laughs> so <laughs> that's probably like that's the thing why I don't say I'm getting too excited about anything on offense. Uh, Maybe I, on terms of offense, it'd be maybe Pete Nance starts hitting more pull up like a, a pick and pop threes, and Miller shoots maybe forty five percent from three on good volume. But that basically just shooting better would be pretty exciting on offense. <laughs> sure, sure. And uh, what are you concerned about? I guess uh, that Boo Booey has not developed into the guard they need him to be, and Tyberry's not the answer. Just. Basically that it's like last year, like, yeah, we have a lot of tall guys. No one can dribble, but, you know, we'll figure that part out. So, which is kind of what happened last year. And, I mean, and also hopefully they don't go through the same trend of blowing all those leads. It's funny. I, The two teams I cover, the Sixers and Northwestern, both filled with all these guys, super tall, super long, like traditional basketball values. But, you know, having a guy who can dribble and shoot at the same time is like, I don't know, heresy to both teams. So <laughs> I, it's, it's weird. Sometimes. <laughs> so if, yeah, if one guy could, that, uh, definitely that's my concern is that I have to watch another year of basketball where I'm like, man, you know, if some if these guys could dribble and shoot a little bit better, that would be nice. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I think from, from my perspective, um, I, obviously the backcourt looks like a big concern to me and not because I, I don't think Bowie or, you know, maybe Barry can come in and contribute, but just again, don't want to, don't want to rip on them too hard, but it was not a good unit last year. They need to take substantial steps forward. If this team's going to be able to play in what is going to be a brutal conference. Um, so that's a concern more over the shooting in general. Um, you mentioned Miller, he was a, a solid shooter, but still the team's overall shooting was pretty underwhelming. And ultimately, uh, again, if you want to compete against better teams, you want to be in contention for the postseason, it, it, it's going to take um, some improved shooting. So those are the things I'm concerned about. Conversely, I, I really like Nance. I think Nance, if 
he gets into the right situation, the rest of the offense can pick up a little bit around him. Um, I like his potential to be a, a breakout for Northwestern this year. See, and, I was I was saying the okay. exact same things last year, but and I really <laughs> want it to happen. Like I like Pete Nance so much that I I like have a Twitter head on the background of my Twitter header. He's one of like the forty picks in there. I have a picture of Pete Nance in there, but um, I do get worried that the theory. The, I get worried that the theory of Pete Nance is better than the player Pete Nance. Like, <laughs> okay, okay. I, he shot, I think, twenty nine point seven percent from three this last year. Really, does not have a ton of post skill. I think he's a decent passer. So mm-hmm. if he could really start to accentuate that part of his game and like, and to be fair, I don't know if Northwestern puts him in a great situation where, I mean, he's usually out there with another non-shooting big, like, I mean, Ryan Young can shoot a little bit, but basically like if he's standing behind the three teams are going to sag into the paint. They're not that worried about that. So, mm-hmm. and then also a guy like as much as I raved about Anthony Gaines earlier, like Anthony Gaines, he did not shoot that many threes last year, but for his career is like below 30%. And, one weird stat I found on Bart here too. Anthony Gaines one for twelve on long twos in his ten games last year, which is not ideal. So if you if you surround a guy like Pete, who's, it, it's a, it's a general. It's not that hard of an equation. Like if you surround a guy like Pete, with, whose biggest weakness is probably that his stroke really isn't there, or the some other guys whose yeah. strokes aren't really there, it gets a little hard to play basketball at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think. Pete Nance, he he he's suffering from an issue um, to reel things back a little bit. Um, I don't know if you remember him that much, but Michigan had DJ Wilson a couple years back. Oh, I couldn't stand Wilson, DJ Wilson. Annoyed the crap out of me. Well, maybe I maybe I shouldn't mention him, but uh, <laughs> I don't I don't think their skill sets are necessarily super similar, but. I think for me, like DJ Wilson, I remember watching him when he was young at Michigan and the guy could not stay on the floor. And the big problem for him was like, he didn't have a go-to skill. He didn't, he sort of, he was like a do it all type of thing, the Swiss army type of knife, but he didn't have the one or thing or two things that really could elevate him. And then all of a sudden it clicked and it's like, boom, he's a first round pick in the NBA draft. And I'm not saying Pete Nance will be that, but I just think he has this diverse skill set where he can do a number of different things. And like, if the team around him can rise up a little bit, if he can pick everything up 5%, 10%, um, he has a chance to to be a breakout player. But I agree. Uh, maybe I will look back uh, like your comments last year where uh, maybe I was a little too ahead of myself. But um, I think from if I'm trying to be optimistic as a Northwestern guy, um, I'm looking at Pete Nance as a player who, you know, if he can get things going, everybody picks up a little bit around him. Um, maybe they can make some noise, I guess. No, no I, was, I was just – it's just hard for me to make that comparison because I like Pete Nance so much, and I literally – DJ Wilson <laughs> is one of my least favorite college basketball players ever. A little, I, I'm not going to explain my whole life story here, but I, I think I can see you're wearing a Michigan jacket, and Michigan is by far my least favorite school of all schools. <laughs> so I – Okay, okay. Would, would also mention DJ Wilson quickly fell out of the Bucks rotation in the NBA <laughs> for true, good reason. True. For good he, reason, uh, he, he did have a nice college career. He did have a nice college. Career, no, he so did. I, we'll, uh... I I know. I just I liked a kid, but I just didn't like watching DJ Wilson that much. He, his I did not like his game. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but I just, from that perspective, that's, um, I, I think Pete Nance has a little bit, a little bit of that where sort of a, a, a mix of different skills and we'll see. We'll see. Certainly Northwestern fans will hope that um, Nance can break out. Um, before we get into to season predictions here, um, I did want to ask um, Northwestern, maybe it's Pete Nance, but they don't seem to have, you know, the standout. This is our top guy. He's the alpha dog coming into the season. Um, who do you think is going to be the team's best player this year? Well, I mean, it's a lame prediction, but it's probably the guy who's the best player last year, which was despite not being able to dribble off his left and being a below-average defender, it's still Miller Cop because shooting off of movement really matters. It's an incredible mm-hmm. skill. It's why it's why Steph Curry dominates games without touching the ball for like 80% of the time because he runs off of – he flies off a pin down or a split screen and teams freak out and run two guys in, which they don't do for Miller, but it's still the same idea of if you have a guy who's that dangerous mm-hmm. catching and shooting, it just draws a lot of the defense's attention. So, and I mean, Miller, he was like, at our post-game press conferences, he was usually the guy we got. He was, in most of his pre- like po- presser answers, uh, seemed like a pretty confident guy, very like, we've got to play better, we can do this, like, we're going to start getting this going. I don't, So I think he's definitely like in that alpha dog range. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say, didn't get to see it a ton last year because of his injury, but I'm guessing I think Anthony Gaines has a little bit of that too. I remember going to one media availability. He was out there before everyone else shooting, getting in some work. Seems like a guy who gets mm-hmm. works a lot. But so I, if I had to guess two, it would probably be those two. And just mm-hmm. but yeah, Miller, like when you're the guy who like can be consistently relied on for like 15 points a game and you can't count on anyone else on the team for that, that matters a lot. So I would still say Miller Cops is the best player on this team. Probably going to happen, despite my comments about Pete Nance uh, thirty seconds if, ago. Probably still Miller. If if Pete Nance like suddenly turned like, because I think in high school Pete shot pretty well from three, which of course is much different. Like I shot pretty well from three in high school. It's like high school is a different realm. But Pete Pete Nance like if he could shoot really well from three, just because he's such like. Anthony Gaines is their best one-on-one defender. When they're in that zone, especially with his length, Pete Nance might be the team's the best team defender. Mm-hmm. So he definitely provides a lot of value there. If he if his shot can really get going, and like I mean, I think I even looked at one high school clip. He took he like was shooting off pin downs and off movement. Like if he could turn into that Pete Nance, like hitting mm-hmm. threes and just locking everything down, defense being like this awesome three and D big, like then maybe he is the best player. But like. Again, that's that's theoretical Pete Nance. So maybe <laughs> theoretical Pete Nance is the alpha dog of this team, but I'm more I have more confidence saying it's going to be who I know Miller Cop is. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um okay, so with that, um what's your prediction for I th- I think most of it's pretty clear by now, uh, but prediction for starting lineup for Northwestern this year, and then secondly, just we don't have a schedule to go off to, so I can't really ask you to predict a record or anything like that, but general thoughts on, on the season for the Wildcats. So, yeah, starters changed a lot last year. Our, our guy, Pete Nance, even got benched for a good portion of the season, I remember, but um, I would guess Pete Nance will start, Miller Kopp will start, Anthony Gaines will start, 
Ryan Young will probably start. And I, I'm guessing they would probably bring, bring Barron off the bench, which basically leaves, since you have wings and your bigs and Nance and Young, your wings and Gaines and Cobb. So it would probably leaves whoever the point guard or ball handler is, which, I mean, they probably will let Gaines give it a try. I don't think that's Anthony Gaines' best role, but they'll probably let him do like secondary ball handling stuff. But mm-hmm. I'm guessing just to at least start, they're going to experiment with Boo Booey at starting point guard and see how it goes. If not, mm-hmm. if that doesn't work, they might just say the two options I could see from there are basically. Uh, I, I also know, I think, I can't remember if Chase Audage, like, I think he's um, he's going to be on the team this year. I think he was a transfer from last year. Uh, he might have some ball handling equity and. So maybe he gets a run. Ty Berry could see maybe just a look if things are going really poorly in the season. Maybe they say, screw it with a point guard, put Robbie Barron in. Anthony Gaines brings the ball up. We're just going to be super tall. That could happen. So that's kind of like what you I would see from a starting lineup perspective. In terms of like their success for the season, I mean, considering they went 3-17 and 17 in the conference last year and they blew so many close games, I would probably guess like just even if there aren't 20 – conference games like the pace they would be at for 20 conference games would be like six and 14 maybe i don't know if that's like Mm -hmm. that's kind of what i'm thinking like they turn a few more of those wins and losses if they play nebraska twice they sweep them again because that's the one thing i have confidence in (laughs) but um (laughs) yeah i i i mean maybe like a 11th or 10th place finish feels about right and again that it could even uh, just as easily be like a 14th place finish if things go poorly like i like these guys a lot i don't think they're bad they're a bad team but it's kind of the plight of being a smaller school like northwestern in the big 10 if things don't go well if say say miller cop sprains his ankle on like the second game like things can go south quickly you don't have like the boost a team like Michigan State has where it's like oh we'll just bring off the the, ne- the next awesome guy off the bench like mm-hmm. no it's it's like well our point guard's down so let's try this true freshman maybe like you know so who was a three star and not sure if he's there yet but we're gonna have to go for it absolutely yeah I, I think for from my perspective I'm not I'm not super bullish on Northwestern's chances this year um I think they'll be better than Nebraska. I'll put it that Nebraska's a weird yeah. Yeah. Book anomaly. It. They will be they will be better than Nebraska. Guaranteed. That's actually I will guarantee at Lock least a thirteenth place finish. Lock it in. Northwestern is better than Nebraska. The weird not to get not to get too off track because we'll have a Nebraska podcast <laughs> preview as well. But they are like the hardest since Hoiberg got that job, they are like the hardest team to predict because they basically just overturn their entire roster. Oh yeah. Uh, it seems like each year. So you have no idea who anybody is, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking 12th and 13th probably in the league. Um, we'll see the weird, it's so hard to predict this year because we don't know the schedule. We don't know how things are going to lay out. Like does home court matter this year? I don't know if there are no fans, well, um, well, that might be a bonus for Northwestern. That, that's think, that's the running Colorado. joke. It's like, I mean, you, I'm sure you've seen all the college football jokes about like Evanston at 11 AM. We're already used to it, baby. Like we know, <laughs> we know what it's like to have, like, I've, I sat in a crowd at Evanston at, in Welsh and field last year where there were not a, there were not a lot of fans. Uh, 
and I was at in that arena where like I was I think I remember the Providence game where a fan switch like I was because the thing is that Northwestern games you just show them you don't have to pay if you're a student you just show them your wild cards which like the things they give us and you can yeah. walk right down I can basically walk as close as I want I can get front row seats whenever I want as long as I show up like at least 15 minutes before I walked yeah. down like against the Providence game a kid hit a half court shot and his only prize was free textbooks for a year but he also oh, and he also oh, got, that, be worse. that was also the game where the net got messed up so they had to cut down the net and give a new one they gave the net to the kid i remember he was sitting right in front of me i took a picture of it fun times there's a lot of things that can happen there <laughs> absolutely and uh, you know so there won't be any nets cut down this year for the fans um that'll be a disappointment <laughs> but uh yeah i mean like the teams and and i'm not even talking about the best of the best because like michigan state they can win on neutral courts. It's not going to be right. an issue for them. They're going to be good wherever. But I'm thinking of more of the like teams that are like hit or miss specifically, like Indiana, where mm-hmm. they have a huge home court advantage and they haven't been great for a while. So is assembly that hard to win in this year? I, I don't know. Um, we'll have to see. But it, so that is hard to predict the standings. But um, if Northwestern can surprise you know hit on one or two guys maybe barry comes in and is a revelation something like that um i could see them getting 10th maybe a little bit higher maybe ninth um depending on how things go but i think this will be a uh a building year and fans will hope uh collins can get it all together in a year or two but with that um again thanks for joining us um i want to ask first off that you Plug your stuff, tell people where they can check you out. And then secondly, if you have any final thoughts on the Big Ten, college basketball, et cetera. Uh, well, thanks for having me on, Thomas. It was a great pleasure. I always love to hop on any podcast I can. Uh, you can read me at Inside and You, where I am in a, a managing editor. I write a lot about – I do a lot of film breakdowns for us, usually about either the men's basketball team, the football team, or the women's basketball team, who may be doing some net cutting again this year. If you have, if you follow women's college basketball, read inside in you because we love writing about the women's basketball team. Awesome team, and I also write for Liberty Ballers, do film breakdowns and stuff for them too. Uh, write about all things Sixers, talk talk about the Sixers on the Talking About podcast for the Liberty Ballers podcast network, and me and my friends have started up our own uh, kind of like media company, Eight in the Box Productions. I'll, I do NBA video breakdowns for them. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dan underscore Olinger. Always appreciate the follows. I tweet probably too much, but whatever. <laughs> and uh, as for closing thoughts, uh, you know, it's all about building towards Pat Baldwin Jr. and recruiting him. That's that's the ultimate goal. That's the final chess move. <laughs> we'll leave it on that. We'll leave it on that. An exciting note for Northwestern. Again, thank you for joining. We appreciate it. Thank you for everyone that that listens. Um, make sure to check out BT Powerhouse in the coming days. We're going to have a lot of season preview coverage. And I will spoil that our, our top 25 player countdown in the Big Ten continues on um, over the couple next couple days. And there's going to be a Northwestern player in there. So if you're a Northwestern fan, definitely check that out. Um, otherwise, everyone stay safe mask up and we'll see you all next time.